Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. Welcome to another 3D conversation episode. Uh, one of my perpetually interest, perpetually interesting topics for me is around the idea of personal growth. But I was introduced to a different way of saying this by one of my best friends in the world, Mike Green. Mike has been on the podcast before, like I said, one of my best friends. And he he has a he calls it personal expansion. And so today I wanted to have Mike on to talk about what that means, because it's an intriguing term. And Mike, if you guys don't know him, is a fascinating person. If Dos Equis had a most interesting man alive contest again, Mike would win it hands down. Um, and so welcome. Welcome back to the third wave, Mike. Thank you for having me again. I hope I live up to that uh, wonderful introduction. <laughs> so you're in a you're in a, a literal cabin in um, outside of Denali Park in Alaska, correct? That is right. In the interior. Mm-hmm. In the this interior. Cabin built, this cabin was built in 1961 or two. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, is that the same cabin I stayed in when I was there with you, or is that a different place? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And in honor of you, I'm drinking hot tea this afternoon instead of coffee. It's Austin cold here. It's like 15 degrees. So which when we were before we hit record, you said, well, that 15 to 20 is like your ideal temperature, your happy temperature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine's like 85. It's sunny. I've become I've become quite uh, quite subtropical uh, considering I grew up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So. Um, for everyone that doesn't know, Mike is a leadership coach who has a very unique model of leadership that uh, coaching that started kind of a blending back uh, being a guide, a hunting guide, and then doing um, like frontline coaching out on like oil rigs and um, really, you know, not the corner office type of executive coaching that most people think of when they think of executive or leadership coaching. And um Mike and I are roughly the same age, and we both have a mutual fascination with just getting better and growing. And um, it's something that we bonded over when we first met, whatever that was, 10 plus years ago. And um, so anyway, so let's dig in to that. So when you're when you use the term personal expansion, what do you mean? What is what, why are you using that term? Much like in Joseph Campbell's hero's journey model, we are always being we're being called from the known and going into the unknown. And once you take that step, that part of that step is you're beginning that expansion, that personal expansion, where ultimately once you do go into the unknown, if you were to follow the basic model of him, you're, base, you're going to be learning something new. You're going to find a sage or a... Um, someone else to support you and then that's where the expansion takes place um, and I'm speaking right to the point of stepping into the unknown mm-hmm. learning finding the stage the sage and just before you really start to practice that right because um, when you start to practice it you know in all the movies we watch the hero's journeys there right there doesn't matter if it's a Disney movie doesn't matter if it's uh, goodwill hunting or whatever right. have you they, the individual has to ultimately test his uh, metal, if you will, or skill, or take that new learning and apply it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm speaking just up until that point. I see. I see. So, 
Yeah, that resonates with me. I think of personal expansion is that we're evolutionary creatures that only really grow through difficulty, you know, and the the whole concept of no pain, no gain is is true in many ways, whether it's physical changes or emotional, spiritual, um, that there needs to be a, a type of struggle in order to reveal the next thing. Or I don't know who said it, but maybe it was John Wooden, but adversity does not um, create character, it reveals it. And so that like stepping into the unknown, um, it kind of seems like suffering or struggle contains within it the promise, if we have the right mindset, the promise of expansion. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And it takes courage to continue down that path and not revert to what is quote unquote safe. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And much like you're saying, I just had a conversation with a client this morning and he, he said the, the Teddy Roosevelt quote, and I'm going to paraphrase, um, I'd rather admire a man that had a difficult life than a man that had an easy life. Right. Mm -hmm. So because I mean, if you follow the story of Teddy Roosevelt, I mean, he was right. a very sickly child, right? very sickly. And uh, ultimately, somewhere around 17, 18, he overcame it and said, I'm done with this. I'm not going to let this hold me back. I mean, that's where he learned during that time all about natural history and such. I mean, he was a huge butterfly bird. He was a naturalist, major, major naturalist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did have a, a life of expansion in the sense of obviously like uh, he lost his mom and his wife on the same day. Um, mm -hmm. He, there's a great book called the river of doubt, which was about yeah. his like final expedition. It's, it reads like a movie. Like it seems like something you would watch in a movie. It's so riveting about, uh, about that. And it's interesting, Mike, because society the like society or, or or life used to give us these opportunities. And I think they still do with certain things, um, you know, especially when it comes to like emotional or mental resiliency. Um, I wrote amusing this morning that said, I'd rather be triggered on the way to happiness than numb on the way to complacency. And so I think there's a lot of stuff for people that have gone, you know, have unintegrated trauma or they, you know, they have, they come from some sort of like social conditioning that kind of suppressed who they are, but there's some other kind of expansion that happens through the contact with like the physical world. Um, and especially in nature. And one of the things that I believe deeply is that nature kills pretense, mm -hmm. meaning nature doesn't give a shit about your politics or if you believe in God or not, or, or what, you know, how much money you have in your bank account, it does not care. Um, and I think there's something about facing the, the, the facing nature and, and that introduces you to parts of you that no other thing can do. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm curious about like from both from like a personal development and even kind of an evolutionary uh, perspective. Why do you think that is? Why is nature such an expander of who we are? Well, I started my journey with my through my father, and then ultimately I started with Outward Bound. If you want to talk about evolution and how nature really expands, right? So, so my father, the father-son relationship, right? We would go fishing, canoeing, et cetera, hunting and such. 
Why is it? Because nature, like you say, and you've said that a long time ago to me, and I always remember that nature kills pretense. Um, nature doesn't care, and it is you get what you get, and and you have to make do with it. And you can either fight it, and you'll lose, or you can dance with it and have a great experience. Right. Um, I mean, I, my son and I were just out snow machining yesterday. We went for almost forty miles one way, way out in the bush. We had a great time and we had everything we needed in case something went wrong, just because we know things can go wrong. We lose, right. we give up control once we step out of our house, um, whether it be a moose on the trail, for example, that does not want to get off the trail because it's easier walking on like, right. <laughs> a compacted trail. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that can take place. Yeah. And just being ready for it and being able to dance with it as opposed to fight it or... Um, and it also allows you to be be real, honestly, to be truly real. And what I mean by real is um, most likely if you're in the outdoors, you don't have cell service. And the conversations you're going to have are real and they're not distracted ones. Mm -hmm. and another thing about I love about nature is if you decide that you're going to leave the house without a rain jacket and you go out on a hike and all of a sudden it starts hiking, it starts raining again, you're going to learn that lesson very quickly that right. oh, I need to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that there's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a reintroduction to risk that, that nature gives us. And um, it's a, a reintroduction to impermanence. We live in, most of us live in a society that is, um, somewhat stable in the sense of what we think reality is. And, um, and I think that it's, it's, it's also in order to be comfortable in nature, you need to be prepared in order to be comfortable in with the rest of life. You don't need much preparation. You need a few tools. Maybe, maybe you need a, a heating and air conditioning unit and, you know, a nice mattress, but nature and being out in nature and dancing with nature, like you said, it, it helps you kind of break your addiction to comfort, to, to comfortableness. I remember in the, in the, the adventure that you and I had back in 2017 and getting to that first cabin and put my, on this, you know, that was a, you know, kind of a, a broken down like bed inside that cabin. Mm -hmm. And, I had like one of the best nights of sleep of my life, you know, there. And um, so when you think about personal expansion, what are the some of the ways that you measure yourself? Like, how do you know that Mike Green is expanding? Wow. Um, well, I like to think of myself as pretty... Um pretty aware of what's the, what's going on around me and inside me and my thoughts and such. Um, when I'm being challenged and I'm being forced to be disciplined, right? For, you know, um, and it's hard, right? It's too easy to be, for me, I'm easily distracted and that was on my report card, every single <laughs> report card. And I have, since I was a kid, all the way up right. until they stopped using that, I was easily distracted and distracts others. Right. So <laughs> I, I'd rather do the easy, fun stuff than the dis disciplined stuff. Like, 
sit behind the computer and answer emails or reach out to people. Um, so I know it's it's hard, but, and it takes up some mental effort, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Or meet the interesting people like you, like you and I have our conversations are always uh, expanding my thought process. Mm, yeah. Thank you for that. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. Thank you back. Um, yeah, for me, it's. Um, I think the main indicate two indicators of expansion for me are humility. I have I gravitate towards arrogance. Um, which is basically a fear response, really. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and then the willingness to try to try new things. Now, these are more emotional risk than physical risk, but like learning how to dance uh, salsa for, um, so, you know, I took secretly took dance lessons before the wedding to Virginia so I could look a little slightly well I was trying to go to my goal that no matter where we go I will be the gringo that can dance the best um yeah. I did not necessarily do that on our wedding but I it was and it was there's an element of it that is is scary and it's but it's but it goes to that idea that that kind of fear means go um I think anything that makes me confront an existential fear um, is also expand expansive and it also is a revealer. Um, Virginia and I were um, at, stayed at a cabin up by Mount Rainier in Washington State last month, and we went for a walk in this kind of it's you know it's one of those kind of uh, uh, forest suburbs, you know, with the cabins like one acre lots and lots of trees. And these two dogs came running towards us like from the house, like barking like viciously, and for people that know me well, they know I'm, I, I, because I got bit when I was a kid, I'm a little afraid of dogs, but I noticed in that moment that I, I turned to face them and I put Virginia just, just like unconsciously kind of put her behind me. And she pointed that out. She was like, your first instinct was to face them and protect me. I was like, okay, that's a sign of expansion. You know, I didn't scream or everything and I just waited for them and 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 they were there was a fence there and who knows but it was that just comes to mind of this idea of you got to do scary shit if you want to find out if you're growing or not um whatever that is if it's existential fear or or other things um how do you know Mike um or I, and this could be for you or just in your coaching that you do how do you know that someone's gone too far where they've gone from personal expansion to sort of um, stupidity or foolishness or self-loathing in the process. Because that happens, you know, you swing that pendulum too far and you get the proverbial, you know, adrenaline junkie that is constantly chasing novelty at great risk to their lives and often even struggle with substance abuse or suicidal tendencies. You know, you go too far into personal expansion like Nishi said, if you stare into the abyss too long, you become the abyss. So I'm curious about what do you think are some things that people might take too far trying to expand? Well, <clears throat> my first thoughts are, do they, 
do they hire the right people to do that, to go too far? Sometimes they just go off and, and um, do it recklessly, ultimately. Right. And, you know, whether it be, I mean, all these, all the mind expanding opportunities out there now, um, mm -hmm. I'm, I would encourage people just to, to go with the people that they know to be true and they know to take it from the place of sacrament almost it's a sacrament for some people I mean, if you get to right. shamans and such like that right but if you go off and do it at red rocks during a you know during a joe russo show or something you'll be like oh wow you know you could go <laughs> yeah, too far right. right right but um um that's one of them but you know when you first started asking that question about my clients some of my clients they take too much of a bite of i'm gonna do this as opposed to mm -hmm. the kaizen effect of small incremental steps and then they right. fall flat or even farther than flat of, of, of their goal. And they revert even stronger towards their um, behavior that is a self-limiting thought process, if you will. Mm -hmm. Or I'll, right. I'll never do that again. So right. I always encourage people to start with small incremental steps so that they don't get too far down that trail professionally, if you will. Right. And so that they're so hysterical, they can't even debrief it for weeks or even months or get over mm -hmm. it. Um, when it comes to the outdoors, that's why what I do for my clients when they do come to Alaska, much like they much like my main character in the book, Wandermust, A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths. Right. Um, I support them understanding that there isn't a bear behind every bush and that I am someone you can really trust because I've been out there for so many decades now almost it'll be i mean it's 27 years now here in alaska guiding and then outward bound all over the world and every mm -hmm. almost every almost every continent so go with the right people if you will mm -hmm. um, and then when you get into those behaviors that numb the pain whether it be drugs and alcohol or whatever they do or even internet or even death scroll or whatever right um you got to easily bring them back to you can do this. Right. Yeah, I think it also goes into um, intention, which is, is something you're going to do going to bring you closer to you or take you further away? Yeah. yeah. You know, Theodore Roosevelt also talked about he suffered from depression and he, he called it the futility of running from the black dog. Mm -hmm. He said there was no horse faster than the black dog. Yeah, black dog is what he referred to as depression. And I think that men in particular, we, um, we, we, we danger seek to some extent and we take risks because it's its own kind of control to some, you know, in a, in a world where we don't maybe feel like we have a lot of control over things, but it's also, you know, it, when, when we when we actually begin the process of unconditionally loving ourselves, it changes the behavior that we have. And so, if if you're doing something that's risky or or a challenge to try to expand yourself because of unconditional love for yourself, I don't think you can go wrong. I think you're right that you have to go. You do it with the right people and don't be brash and don't be stupid. Um, but it really does boil down to intention of like, are you trying to really get to know yourself better? Or are you trying to prove something? I think a lot of men, um, we've been told by society, institutions and stuff that we're defective for being men. 
And so we tried to prove that we're not in some ways. Um, we're not defective. Uh, I speak, I think that's especially true with neurodivergent men, you know, ADD, ADHD, things like autism, things like that. We, 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 we're, we're constantly trying to prove that that we're not defective and therefore we often take unnecessary risks in the process. Um, so you have this, um, this, this new offering, this new program you've put together that's called the Alaskan personal expansion project. And I'll link to it in the show notes that is really, you know, kind of sparked this idea of personal expansion. So before we get into like the second D around debunking, um, what's just kind of a quick rundown of what that is and why you put it together and the kind of people you're looking, because it's a group experience. As far as I know, this is one of the few, maybe the first group experiences you put together um, for, right. for this out in the wilderness, this combination of wilderness, wilderness le uh, adventure and leadership coaching. So what's it about? Who's it for? All right. So it's going to take place in July 7th through the 12th. Basically, the individual, uh, much like you say, the word of intention. So um, I'll come back to that in just a moment. So what is it about? What is it? Okay, well, um, here where we live, my wife and my two boys live, we have basically six acres. And on that six acres, we have several, um, we have two houses and a couple of outbuildings. And in one of those houses, we call our winter house. And in the summer, we Airbnb it. It can... Um, hold comfortably eight people and what we're doing what I'm offering is for six individuals that want to experience uniquely ex explore Alaska with someone like myself who has a pedigree of coaching that is really strong and understanding the outdoors especially Alaska which is very strong they can come here with a group uh, a group of like-minded people to have a powerful transformation within um, in the safety of coming back to a home every night, if you will. So what is it? So what does it look like? Well, um, on my website or in the show notes, you'll see that there's a it's spelled out for you in regards to the logistics. Um, I'm not going to go into that too much, but mm -hmm. basically for those who are interested, just send, simply send me an email about your intention of why you want to come to Alaska and experience this transformational experience. What are you currently going through you want to overcome? What's your intention for being here? And then ultimately, we'll have a conversation. And if you make a great grade, if you will, um, you'll be added to the group. And that's uh, six people only. And before you arrive, you'll have a group coaching conversation with everyone on there. So we'll introduce ourselves. And then eventually you ultimately find your way. The adventure begins when you leave your house. You find your way to the bus station in, Anchor, in um, Denali Park. I pick you up. And mm -hmm. then for basically high level, each day we'll have a group coaching experience. But then we'll do some outdoor activity, whether it be fly fishing for grailing, rafting. We'll do some back country uh, hiking, et cetera. And throughout that, you'll um, have group coaching experiences where will help transform that. Who is hmm. it for? If you find yourself knowing that there's more out there and that you just need to go somewhere outside your comfort zone and you want, you've always wanted to come to Alaska and experience it without a bunch of lines and people, et cetera, hmm. then this is for you. If you have that one thing you've, you know, I need to, I just could go somewhere where, 
I would be away from distractions and out of my comfort zone, but yet fed well by a, a by an Alaskan sourdough. That's a person who's sour on Alaska, but has no dough to leave. That's a, that's a <laughs> term for, for Alaskans. And be well taken care of in a, in a very nice home, then this is for you. Um, hmm. and Interesting. Several of the yeah. people who've uh, shown interest have commented some of the reasons why they're coming is why was wanting to come to Alaska. They need to get outside their comfort zone because they have something they just need to get through and it can't get through it on a coaching conversation on zoom. They can't get through it on a day weekend hike somewhere. They need to be with like yeah. people in an area where they one feel safe emotionally, physically, and also spiritually or within their, within their business or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that there are things um, referring back to the experience I had with you where, you know, I, I, I love lifting weights and I love going for walks and hike, you know, short hikes and things. And those are great for like maintenance and maybe a little bit of growth, you know, weightlifting wise, but um, like, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, there's nothing like being, learning how to dance with nature where you get to meet your own kind of sense of wild that I don't know that you would get anywhere else. And I have, my theory is, is that the wild parts of us can only be unlocked by doing wild things. You can't get to your wild part by doing domestic things, by zip lining. You know, like I'm not saying I'm against zip lining as an entertainment medium, but as a form of getting to your wild, there's a bunch of these things that are sort of um, you know wrapped in bubble wrap and presented as some sort of like yeah. personal expansion experience, and and they're not really. And the reason part of, for part of that is is that you probably won't die, and you know there is an element of dealing with the fact that we are all going to die, and you're when you're in nature, your chances of dying um, are at least more in your face, maybe far less than a car accident or something, but, but the, it does change your relationship with death. I remember being so tired and I only say this like half jokingly where I'm like, I kind of would like to see a, to have a bear attack just so I have something different to do than other than being exhausted mm -hmm. <laughs> when we did ours. Um, yeah, that's true. So Let's get into the second D of debunking. What do you think are some of the kind of some of the bullshit around personal expansion or, you know, things that you hear other coaches say or books and you're like, ah, that's not how that works. What are some, yeah, call bullshit on some things. Well, I remember when I was uh, younger and I had that thirst or that desire to really develop and the only place you could really go, this is before the, the the internet went nuts, was to go to the mall and get a book. You always find yourself in the self-help. And yes, books are very profound. However, to I believe that in order for those books to be profound, you got to act on them. So if you're going to go to a self-help um, book and read it and think it's going to help you, that's something I'd like to debunk because you have to put it into practice. And some of them have great worksheets or whatever have you. I'm not saying that they're not of value. However, if your intention, there goes the word again, of which my wife cannot stand. So what's your intention about going to, going, 
this weekend. What? Mm -hmm. So what's the intention of why you're getting that self-help book? I would encourage people to look for even a deeper reason prior to um, interacting with a coach, going to mm -hmm. a therapist, if you will, even that, right? Uh, what's your intention? Mm -hmm. Get clear on that and ask yourself the five whys before. And that's something I would say we can debunk that reading mm -hmm. a self-help book or listening to one without a clear understanding of intention is something that you're wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You don't learn. I mean, it's been said, but you don't learn how to swim by reading a book about swimming. Um. I think there's a couple that come to mind for me. It, one is, is that it really, at the end of the day, expansion is about a change of behavior. Um, yes, you need to expand your mind and, you know, grow your consciousness level, things like that. Um, but it is quite possible to be sort of monk-like in your demeanor and not very useful in society. Or as someone described Mike Pence, he was rigid in character, or rigid in posture and flaccid in character. <laughs> uh, and I think there's a lot of that with, that comes from personal growth, personal development, um, et cetera, that is that really it's it's that warm bath of the next Tony Robbins event. It's the warm bath of uh, going away for a retreat for a couple of days. There's this sort of like, uh, monetized codependency that is encouraged by many people in the coaching industry, unfortunately, because it's not really focusing on behavior change. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a big, a big thing to debunk. And again, it doesn't mean that say Tony Robbins is, you know, whether you like him or not, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not, doesn't have valid things, but this, we have to keep in mind that that self-help, coaching, personal development, all of that is primarily set up to perpetuate the idea that there's something wrong with you that needs to be fixed. Um, and it's primarily set up to create guruization of the people that are delivering this. This is why I say never trust anybody who says they have a secret. There's, you know... There's no secrets that you don't already know inside of you related to personal expansion. You have to go have experiences that change your behavior, but the secrets are already inside of you. Part of your, you know, your spiritual and literal DNA in many, in many cases. Yeah. I think another thing to debunk too is that, um, that personal growth is, well, I think it's kind of both ends of the spectrum that, you know, there's sort of, you get to the destination and you're done. And yeah. that's not true. I've learned that the hard way, you know, you know, that consciousness, spiritual, emotional, mental growth, it really should continue until your last breath because it's, it's how you dance with life. It's how you dance with the fact that we are the only animals that have really an awareness of context that that we're going to die and this is all going to end. And so, but yet we struggle to be present. And so I, th I think that's one on the other end, it's the never done. It's the, it's sort of like the sort of the, almost like an addiction to new experiences, the kind of shiny object of the next thing, you know, that it was, you know, like 
again, I'm not against plant medicine or ayahuasca or something, but you know, it's super trendy. Um, and, and then you kind of get into this sort of bro-y, bro-y culture of that sort of personal growth, the biohackers and all that. And the science gets a little sketchy and, and there's just something in there about not having a critical mind and be like, oh, what is this person trying to sell me? And that's what I love about the way you do things. It's like, well, hell yeah, you got a business to run and you're trying to grow and feed your family and, and all that. But you're not taking what you do. And I admire this about you as a man of character. You're not taking what you do and presenting it as something other, anything other than what it is, you know? And I, I think that, I think that's refreshing, especially within the coaching industry. Mm-hmm. Um, any other, any other, um, debunking or or you know getting rid of kind of calling bullshit on anything else within the concept of personal expansion i would like to add to what you said i in my book wandermouse i talk about defining your your leadership truths or your right and i think that a lot of people who come into my world of coaching and in personal expansion through coaching or whatever have you they like to say yes to everything you think they have to say yes to everything and what I've helped people do mm. is define what their leadership truths are, or their life truths are, or even their family truths. Some people can call them values, if you will, even. And if it doesn't fit within those boxes of those truths, then revisit why are you saying yes to it or no to it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that with coaching, I have a couple, I've had a couple of experiences like this where people say, well, I got a coach. Everything's going to be all right. He's going to help me fix it. Right. Or right. we'll fix it now. It's like, yes. wait a minute. Yeah. That's just one step. Uh, right. And I'm, I'm going to sit shoulder to shoulder with you, walk shoulder to shoulder with you, if you will, to use the metaphor, you're going to do all the work and I'm just going to support you as you do it. Right. So hiring a coach is a lot of hard work. Yeah. Finding it, the right one. Yeah. Finding the right one. Yeah, exactly. And that what comes up for me there too, as you say that, is um, this 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 idea that coaching or personal expansion is an additive. Um, it's it's really more about what it strips away. You know, I think of like your your wilderness experience is stripping away. It's stripping away kind of the pretense, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're all, we're all especially raised, raised in, you know, modern, you know, industrialized society. We all present, we've all been given through social conditioning or, or trauma or a combination, this hologram of who we're supposed to be and real coaching, real personal expansion kills the hologram. It reveals that it's not who you are. And so this is why, it, you know, I do believe deeply in behavior change, but I'm not a big fan of like remedial coaching. Like let's take this for example, like communication skills. If you have a toxic relationship with yourself, you will have a toxic relationship with others and you will not be an effective communicator, no matter how many damn tools you have, because it's not supposed to work that way. Unless you are perpetually in communication only with toxic people, I suppose it works. But if you're trying to be a more conscious person in a non-toxic relationship, you have to get right with yourself first and then learn how to communicate. 
-hmm. And I'm saying that I've learning that the hard way myself over the last few years of thinking I was a great listener and thinking I was a great communicator, but recognizing that a lot of it was because I was trying to create like a buffer of protection for myself mm -hmm. and true vulnerability, as Brene Brown says, is courage. Um, so anyway, that comes up to, comes to mind there too. Right. So the last D, you know, we're, I love you and you're one of my best friends. So I don't know if we're going to have any disagreements or areas of debate, but is there anything that I said that you want to challenge or, um, or uh, yeah, is there anything like that that came up? Right. But before we go to that, I just want to um, jump on what you had to say. Um, if you're a poor communicator and you surround yourselves with poor communicators, you're most likely just going to reinforce those things. That's right. Why, that's why the when I coach people or this group coaching experience, you're going to be around like minded people that bring another another great question that could help you unlock that uh, that uh, self-limiting thought process, if you will. Not only just me, but I'm going to facilitate that. And um in, it takes a lot of courage to figure out, oh, wow, I'm surrounding myself with a echo chamber or mm -hmm. my desk scroll is my echo chamber and they right. don't realize it. It's their echo chamber. And to get different perspectives, especially during our time that we live in now, where if you're on one side of the aisle or the other, you know, whew, we're not even going to go there. Right. But right. it's interesting um, to debate. A couple yeah. Of things. One, um, I do believe that there's value in the um, subconscious experiences with medicinal mm -hmm. um, controlled by, and I say right. this by, not controlled by the government. I'm not saying that, but by right. somebody who is, I'm not saying accreditation is needed, but this is the real deal in the right intention. Right. Right. right? Not mm -hmm. just to, not to, when you say trendy, yes, I would agree with it. It's trendy, or it's getting a lot of press, but mm -hmm. um, I know many, I know over a handful of people that it's helped considerably right. and they help others. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that back up because yeah, I, when I talk about it being trendy, it's more of the purveyors of it than the experience mm -hmm. of it. Right. Right. Now it's the, every, especially in the United States, everything becomes an industry. Mm-hmm eventually. And so, you know, for, you know, you know, church is an industry, you know, wellness is an industry. And now this sort of, um, you know, psychedelics or silos, uh, um, always struggle, struggle to say that psilocybin, um, and, and ayahuasca, whatever those, they, they're an industry and it doesn't, it doesn't make them less effective, but it does mean that there's marketing behind it sometimes. And just to be aware of it, but I'm glad that you said that. What else, what else came up? Yeah. It's about you and me. Oh. So it, it was interesting that you said at the beginning that when you go to a place of arrogance, right? And I go to the opposite of that. I go to a place of humble, right? So let's debate that. Because I've never seen you come across, in my whole, whole experience with you, you've always been somebody who's um, incredibly, incredibly real, um, almost sometimes uncomfortably real, uh, especially when we first met, because I was trying to figure, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm surprised you use the word arrogance. Um, maybe when you would get mad or you would not not like that, you would just kind of say something that is a closed statement, right? I'm closing off the mm -hmm. possibility that I'm wrong, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. but for me, I go to a place of insane humbleness. 
Hmm. Um, and I'll give you an example of this. I uh, recently had a coach and he was just like trying to shake me through the Zoom. Mike, you're awesome. You need to step into it. Your life is awesome and you got to step into it. You, and I was like, yeah, I mean, my I love my wife. I love my kids. I, I love our lives, but this is just what I do. And they go, you got to video this. People want to see this. People want to <laughs> understand you. And I come from a place of incredible humbleness that I got to get out of because it's not serving me because I, when I'm in coach position, when I'm coaching people, it's a totally different animal. Right. Whatever, as an individual, if you were to, you know, like I said at the beginning, I hope I uh, live up to that wonderful. Um, yeah. Introduction. So I, that's why I'm making videos of my cabin, me yeah. shoveling, me cross country skiing, all these things. Cause it is of interest. Yeah, it's very different. And yeah, it's very compelling. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you see that in, in that I'm I'm too real. And there is, I, I could see that. So I was chuckling because I, 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 I used to do this a lot, which is I would just sort of overshare to see how people react to kind of mm -hmm. flesh, you know, to suss out whether or not they were cool or not. Mm -hmm. I don't really do that anymore. Um, my arrogance has gravitated towards kind of two areas. One is, is that, and I'm way more humble about this now, but that I'm, I just know better than you. I'm smarter than you. I've read more books than you. This sort of like intellectual arrogance. And I realize in hindsight that again, arrogance is always just insecurity masquerading as aggression. Um, and, you know, that it's not confidence Confidence is humble, actually, in its nature, but arrogance is is just aggressive insecurity. And I realized now that a lot of the reasons I was like that is because I'm self-taught, autodidactic, college dropout, you know, um, and then it was kind of amplified being married to a person with a PhD. You know, mm -hmm. Virginia certainly didn't question my credentials, but I found myself like, like Sarah, my my uh, our, my daughter in law said right after I met Virginia, Justin, you're you're no longer going to be the smartest person in the room, and that's good for you. And boy, that's true. Um, and the other kind of arrogance is this idea that I can basically just will my way to anything. Like I don't that I don't need to do. I don't need to prepare. Like I was thinking back to dance lessons. Dance, I think honestly, is the first thing I've ever actually learned through repetition. My whole life, it's been, if it's easy for me, I'll do it and I'll do it really well. And I'll be one of the best at it. And if I'm not good at it or I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, dance is learning how to dance is like, it's a, you know, it's, it's repetition and form and discipline and, and humility and listening. And, and all of that is just like a big, like, it's like a neutralizer of arrogance. Um, and what emerges from that is I remember when I was doing the, the, the last dance lesson I had before the wedding with Hillary, that my dance instructor, we did the whole, like, it wasn't really instruction as much as it was. We just danced and she then coached me after. And I remember doing it and I'm like, Hey, I'm actually doing this. And there wasn't arrogance. It was like, Holy shit, man. I'm actually, mm -hmm doing the steps. Um, I saw a video of the wedding and, you know, I look like I'm 6'3", 250. I look like a big gringo trying to dance. I look, I didn't look terrible, I don't think. Um, but 
I didn't care. I was doing it because I wanted to learn. And that's the, and again, that's the, to me, the main thing for personal expansion is this desire to learn or Michelangelo's alleged last words where I still have so much left to learn. Um, that kind of mindset, I think, is the key to personal expansion. Because if you think you can't learn anything, you're not going to learn anything. Are you talking about life or are you talking about dancing? A little both. <laughs> right. As you were saying, I was like, this is a great metaphor for life. If I was, if you and I were coaching, the group, I would have probably stopped you somewhere there and said, I'm sorry, but I was distracted for a moment. Are you talking about life or dancing? Yeah, a little of both. You, Dance you is life. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, so exactly. So many, so many lessons there that we could work on and, and, right. and apply, you know, the discipline, yeah. the fact of feeling awkward and um why yeah. are you doing it out of love right for my my, yeah. my new spouse right right yeah yeah That's and it. i think that goes to kind of the final thought here too but looping back to the you know the the leadership personal expansion um project uh that you're doing in july is i would encourage people that you don't have to be a mountain man already to do this no. um you know, you, you, you need to pass a physical, um, mm -hmm. you know, you can't be, uh, you know, terribly out of shape or have, you know, chronic health issues that might kill you if you do this, but you don't need skills to do this. Correct. Right. You'll come um, away with skills. You come away with skills. Right. And I think there's this, and, and, and again, it's, I would just challenge people, um, men in particular is that, if you think that spending, because what's it like eight eighty eight hundred dollars? Is that what it is? Yeah, eighty eight hundred. Yep. Yeah. So just let's say call it ten thousand because of travel, you know, cost and everything. Ten to eleven thousand probably because for travel. So let's just say ten grand. If you're going to spend ten grand, do you really want to do it in another conference room? Correct. You know, or retreat center, like it's ten thousand dollars that. The ROI of learning about you in ways that you will not be able to do in the gym or at therapy or at, in a conference room is priceless. So mm -hmm. there's my hard yeah. pitch for everybody. <laughs> so well, not only that, but, but the logistics are all taken care of. You just got to get yourself to the train station and out of the train station. After that, you're not spending any money. You're everything's taking. You're going to do world class fly fishing. You're going to be out in the middle of nowhere um, and well taken care of, if you will. So, um, you're going to learn skills like building a fire, tar. Right. You're going to learn how to. You're going to learn how to fly fish. You're going to learn. And there's so many other coaching opportunities and intentions that are going to support you. Your reason for being there. Right. And um, I'm really excited about having a group of people in in this area to experience Alaska such a unique way that is so profound, um, much like you said so well, do you really want to do it in a, in the Hyatt conference room right. down, in downtown Houston, which is not a bad place, you know, it's not a bad place, but it's not Alaska. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking about personal expansion. Thank you for, um, all that you bring to the world and, um, I look forward to our next conversation. I appreciate you very much. I valued this experience. Thank you.